0: Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. I'm your host again today, Rich Polly, and joining me is
1: Ben Hibbert. You were trying to think of something funny to say, weren't you? But then you wondered you're
0: not funny. That's very accurate.
1: (laughs) And your real name's Ricky Pooh,
0: Officially named by an (laughs) eight-year-old.
1: Who's funnier than you?
0: Yeah, and it's not hard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You are doing all right? Yeah, not bad, Man, I had to put my phone away because I keep looking at buying things I don't need. Haven't you got a mortgage now? Yeah, I know, but it doesn't stop me looking at things I want. <laughs> I've seen a new better. guitar I want, but I need to try and find it. But you've not played the last one you bought. I have. It's sat behind me. But it needs fixing a string came out of it. Oh, uh, fair enough. Same it's The it's problem nice. is, I buy these new guitars and I just fall back on my old little Jem Junior, my cheap one. <laughs>
0: Never mind. Um, it's not just me and Ben today either. We've got uh, we're being joined from back back from behind the microphone. It's Tim King. Hello there. Hello, General Kenobi, and so on. <laughs>
1: right, that's,
2: that's another one for me to clip.
1: <laughs> I love it in person. Rich hardly ever does like weird voices or anything, but as soon as he's being recorded, they just fall out of him.
0: <laughs> do you know something? I've got I've got a very a broad range of voices that I do. Most of which are not racist. When I read books to my children,
1: so. so what you're saying is most of them aren't, but some of them are. So you're oh, at least some of the time you're a racist. Is that what I'm, you're saying?
0: I'm reasonably confident that somebody on Tumblr would take issue with something that I said or the way that I said it at some point. Just use your
1: Irish charm, you'd be all right.
0: Oh, that's I've, I've got away with things for 46 years in my life just by one. <laughs> oh, I'm Irish. Look at me. <laughs> People go, oh, he's Irish. He's fine. <laughs> he's probably a little bit
1: drunk. Okay? Like,
2: how <laughs> how often have you used the uh, the Mickey Mouse uh, uh, voice <laughs> room reading stories to your kids?
0: Literally never. That that one that one came out of nowhere as a special treat for sitting. was <laughs>
2: like, that was <laughs> that was just pure nightmare fuel. <laughs> that was that was Patreon exclusive content. That was, content. That's it was the a difficult why, one, but I
1: managed it.
0: <laughs> it's the reason why we don't have a Patreon. <laughs> Because uh, all you'd get all you'd get would be episodes recorded like that. Or refund <laughs> requests. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. We've got some actually we've got some stuff to talk about today. So there was um a release we've we've previously discussed um kind of end spoilers that have been released out into the community and uh, last week um, for anybody who's attending the Sith Taker Open we made a decision to allow people to use um Endor content at the STO um, whether yeah, it was officially boy. released or not um, almost entirely everybody is happy about it um, Liam was grumpy I can't remember why um, but he he wasn't happy, but I think he's okay with it now. I think he said he's not mad, he's just disappointed, which felt worse. I might have been happier if he was actually mad. But, um, yeah, so, but, you know, we've now got official spoilers. Like, his primary concern was that we didn't know the official cards, which is why we kind of said, look, here's the version of cards of that we've seen that we're going to say are legal, unless we get official cards spoiled between now and the event use these now we've got some imperial things spoiled and probably by the time this podcast comes out because i reckon they'll do it tomorrow the the rebel ones will come out so we'll talk about them next week um once they've been fully spoiled but we have now seen everything in battle over endor so we're going to talk about that uh we're going to talk a little bit about worlds uh prep um and we're also going to talk a little bit about uh last weekend liam ran an event five five rounds Apparently, uh, and the the, the long shanks thing. It's five rounds of well, standard format. Yeah, X-ray. so I mean, it was
2: um, yeah, it was advertised as five, but um yeah. I think After I, four, I, you all
0: wanted to go home.
2: I think I think the majority of us were quite happy, and I was going to offer my opponent an ID in the last round anyway. Because <laughs> you'd
0: won, cause you'd won the event at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody can catch me
1: now. Let's go. um So your know, yeah, opponent could have denied it happened. though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> play me if i was That's your something. opponent
1: i'd deny you just out of spite you can either take a loose
2: a loss or play me take a loose i know t- t- take a loss or take a win is what you're saying take a loss or i'll cheat and make sure you lose
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'll make this the most awkward game of x-wing you've ever had Top initially. just I've one nipple accident. hanging out <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: gonna ac- i was that was me thinking I'll accidentally knock your ships off the board and you know put them back in awkward places, and you just went straight to deviance. It's fine oh yeah, um just all right, so keep
1: reaching over and letting it brush across the top of your ships <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, so twenty two people turned up at board in brum to- so
1: surely we could mention the uh the points change or something. Oh yeah, we'll talk about that. I forgot about that already. Surely it's a quick one anyway. Hang got nerfed. Um, Sucks to be you guys.
0: Well, we can, there's quite a lot actually to talk about in the points change um, (laughs) because it wasn't all kind of immediate. Um, So we will talk about that. We'll talk about that at the same time as we talk about Endor, I guess. Yeah. Um, It's worth mentioning that Liam's event um, used the new points, didn't it? Yeah, new points, no Endor. So um, uh, not entirely a, a representation of what the new Met is gonna look like once Endor hits. But we're kind of in that worlds between worlds at the moment where everybody using new points but all the new points content hasn't been released yet. So there's stuff that's going to land in apparently the next four weeks um prior to worlds. Um so let's just quickly talk about Liam's event. So twenty two people turned up at Board Brum to play. Um just having a look down there's the usual suspects and then uh, a bunch of new players and I think Dave uh lever one of the sit takers mentioned that there was like a teacher there who'd brought like four students Mar- along Marcus
1: Wilson yeah
0: I oh, was it Marcus was it yeah oh, if, awesome. if, if you were going to
2: give the him a person shout, out. who's who's there I can tell you what was there.
0: Go on, then. Go on, Tim. I was just yeah. going to ask you anyway, but since you've jumped the gun, crack on.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, so Marcus is is a teacher. He runs a club at his school, uh, which he's been posting pictures up of, uh, you know, what he's been doing and sort of, the, you know, the kids playing and stuff like that, and actually put um, um, six of them down to play in the event. Um, so that was really cool to see, because obviously it's, you know, new blood into the sort of hobby as such. Um, they all seem to have a cracking day. Um Lots of the uh, more experienced players I know passed on some of their prizes. Um, I passed up, I think I got a Louis. Um, oh, what's it called? You know, the Mandalorian sig- sigil, sigil.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, the, the mud skull. one. Yeah, the uh skull. So it was that sort of symbol. So I passed that over. I oh, know it's not, not. Not the Mandalorian one. Um, not Mando's one. The Mandalorians. The one that lives under Mandalore. Oh, the mythosaur—that's the one. Yes, um, that that one. But anyway, um, so yeah, it looks like they all had a good day. Um, it was quite funny because um, uh, spoiler—I went four um, zero. But my first round game was against one of the kids called James, and I only won uh, thanks to a direct hit uh, in, with the last shot of the game. Uh, and I was being like super, sort of you know, friendly and sort of. Teaching as as I do with newer players as we're playing, and realise halfway through the game that um, uh, I I might be a bit behind him. Maybe need to play um, not so friendly. Oh, not. not, Mm -hmm. Then he started
1: lying to him about the rules. Yeah, yeah. If you you go near my ship, you suffer two damage. No, I was
2: not. I wasn't not friendly. uh, Not as helpful, shall we say? Um, I mean, I I did still point out uh, the time uh, where he could use his advanced proton torpedo instead of using his uh, primary, and then he promptly rolled five paint. Uh, but th- thankfully, he'd forgotten to pass a focus token over, because that could have been very bad news for Click. Um, but no, they did well. Like um, you know, uh, I'm not sure if any of them beat adults. Um, I was very aware that if I lost to one of them, um, that my nickname would get changed in our group chat.
1: Um,
2: so we've, we've, not, we've not had to do that for a while, because Will Watley doesn't play and beat adults as much. So, as much.
0: so James, that you pipped at the post in the first round. He was playing rebels. They've not put the lists in, so it's fine. I can tell you <laughs> he,
2: James's list, and it's actually yeah. quite cheeky. Um, it's four rebel arcs mm-hmm. and a uh, hole in the Y wing. A bit of chunky beef. It is, um, and we were playing. I think we were playing assault. You know. Mm-hmm. um so yeah it was uh um, yeah very chunky list and i had forgotten at the start of the game uh but was shortly reminded about how nor- uh, annoying nora's ability is yeah uh, just getting that extra evade it just makes her so much more survivable
0: yeah permanent reinforce is good turns out <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah so he he went to, i was just gonna say he went two and two um so he's won a couple of games um and then uh, a couple of the other ones won one game, and then the the, the last two. Uh, so there's five of them, I think. One, two, three, four, four. Yeah, five. Five kids, and then Marcus. So
1: he's
2: yeah. yeah. almost
0: a child. I don't we think only... I've ever met him, or if I have, you I can't remember. Have.
2: Yeah, you have. I think might you might. He always comes
1: him. sort of quite well dressed, like has a sort of suit jacket on. We have to refer uh, to him, yeah, him yeah. as
2: Mr. Wilson now. If you can. <laughs> right. Okay. I cool. believe
1: um he did really well with the um Faux show, faux show? at the last system open we had. Mm-hmm. He's a good oh, player. Uh, he is a good player.
0: Yeah, we've had him on the podcast before he's um when he did well at one of the world's qualifiers, I think. Um I think we had him on. Um so just looking down the list there was um quite a bit of rebels, an awful lot of Imperials. More than you would expect of separatists because there were three instead of one or none. Um, and then one scum, Ash Turner, representing scum and the three and ones coming in fifth. Nicely done. Um, and then a bit of Republic. Tim, you yourself won the day with Republic Swarm, is that right?
2: Yep. Yeah. So um, it was interesting. It was, it was quite a mix of um, different lists there. So I played Matt, Matt Flockhart and I played Nils uh, Duterte. In they had similar lists but different at the same time. So you you know it had arcs. Both their lists had arcs, but also had like you know the torrents and uh, I think Neil's had click as well. Um, But mine was very much torrents v wings headhunters. Um, Yeah, it was quite uh, interesting discussion through the day as well, where um, we've had well certainly me and Matt, and I think Neil's joined in as well. We're having repeated discussions about who the best two point. Headhunter is, um, they are very much in uh, Camp Slider uh, Mm -hmm. very much in Camp Boost uh... I
0: think if Slider could slide every turn he would be without doubt the best two point ship, but because it's every other turn, I think boost has just that little something about keeping his arc on target or being able to slip out of range one shots after he gets um like people repositioning everything they get into a range one shot and then at the start of engagement you just go bye
1: I mean, <laughs> i'm not is, staying here no, absolute,
2: yeah so last weekend i think Matt anakin had maneuvered repositioned to get range one bullseye into um boost who then just went, yeah, see Anakin and just boosted past him. Um And then this weekend we were playing Salvage. His axe yeah. picked up a crate, so I just boosted into range one and rolled two eyeballs and a crit, and obviously I focus as my action. Mm-hmm. And and he said to me, he said, if you knock this crate off, you're going to say boost is the, is the better choice. So I boosted him, knocked the crate off, I went, it boost is the better choice. Proof.
0: <laughs> Proof of ever it was I needed. Mean, d- yeah, like, Niels
2: flew Slider very well, uh, and I can absolutely see an argument both ways. Um, boost is just working for me, just doing what I need him to do.
0: And that's ultimately the thing, isn't it? There probably isn't a correct choice. It's the thing that works for you and the list and how you fly it. So, you know, if you're going to fly the list in a different way, it's like um, the the Rebel Swarm or the Rebel like combination list that I've been flying. I've always got Keo Venzi. And it's like in a five or sometimes even a six ship list. And I, I was putting Lone Wolf on them. And I was like, this feels weird. And yet most games I get it to trigger because of the way that I fly Keo and where I'm putting them on the board. Um so, you know, you might look at it and say, that makes no sense having Lone Wolf in a six ship list. But um if Lone Wolf is triggering, you know, three or four times a game because of where you're putting the ship and how you're using the piece and what your strategy is, then you know it makes sense. And I think that's the same with those headhunters. You know, if you're gonna fly them up the middle of your formation and act them as dedicated monkeys. Um, then, you know, absolutely, that, that, that's how you're going to use them. If you're going to flank with them, you maybe put Predator on them, you know, rather than Dedicated, because you might get those little cheeky endgame shots where you get a little bullseye by accident almost. You know, there's a whole bunch of choices to them that you can make. So, so yeah, cool. Well, well done, Tim. 4-0. Thank Beating you. children on your way. Congratulations.
2: Well, that's it. I beat, beat a real uh, real kid. Game one and then a bit uh, beat a big grumpy kid game two. So
0: Who was your big grumpy kid game two? The um ah oh, did he put his lip out?
2: I thought we'd played online because he didn't ask me about my list and I, I <laughs> I'm certain I played against him online, but he said we hadn't. And <laughs> we came to the first engagement. And I was like, Right, okay, now swarm tactics uh with contra he went, You've got swarm tactics? I went Oh, do you (laughs) not know what's in my list? Uh, So that came as a bit of a shock. Um, But no, it's, um, yeah, uh, my game versus Liam, um, it was just one of those games, I think it just sort of was going my way. Um, But just remembering, like, game mechanics and stuff is uh, quite interesting where Chertech tracted Killer away, so Killer couldn't shoot two-hole Chertek. Mm-hmm. um so i'm like okay i can just take a stress to rotate here can't i and just yeah. <laughs> rotate round and still shoot him um yeah. which is fine like you know i don't think there's much you could do with with the uh the tractor beam and obviously it had stressed the headhunter for the next turn but um yeah, killer killer did some good work
0: yeah i mean i'm just looking down the lists that some people took um and you know aside from your swarm and neils taking the um the Republic um, kind of arcs version with Anakin. Um, you've then got, you know, uh, Vader bombers um, that Sam Webb took. You've got um, Ash with old Terok and Fenro and Fang Fighters, plus a bunch of other relatively decent stuff, like including Ahav, which is a bit cheeky in the current meta, mm-hmm. you know, let me roll my enormous bangers into Han Solo and other, you know, big base ships, um, which I really like that as an idea. You know, you've got um, Toby ro- uh, running Rexlar Brath at seven points. This looks to me like a, if only I could have Jenden list.
2: Well, <laughs> yeah, so I did chat That's with it. Toby because we went for some food afterwards as well. And yeah. I, think, I think that was partly was, you know, well, I can't play with Endor, so I'll, I'll try a defender and, and just see because um, we yeah. know the points, he knows what fits in and stuff like that. Um mm-hmm. and it's it, you know it's a bit of a shame in a way. I would have liked for practice to have played some different factions because I've played yeah. against a lot an awful lot of Republic both in this event and other events. Um so it would have been interesting to have played like some of the the more yeah, more adjacent, should we say.
0: I mean looking at looking at the topic kind of which was the um the 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 one four and one uh, the kind of six three and ones Um, and then there was a a two wins one loss one draw you got um, three republics three imperials one scum one separatist and then the other two wins one loss one draw was another separatist so you know the the people who only lost one game was fairly I mean it didn't have the factions that you would expect to be there but I guess you know, the rebel lists that were flown weren't really um, meta-level. They were, you know, fairly off-meta rebel lists. Um And the resistance, again, I think there was only one resistance at the event. Yeah. Um Who, you know, did all right. Did two and two with the, the four, or well, the 3T70s plus some stuff.
2: Um, I mean, I think that's so. the, the interesting thing is, like, we just don't know quite what the points update would have done to the meta because people I, I, I still think Han is good. He's just not auto win. Like you yeah. now you now will have to make a decision with that focus token. Uh you know Zori ha- will probably end up losing the Dorsal Turret, stuff like that. So there's a few choices to be made in your lists and yeah. that might shake up it a little bit. Plus also uh with Endor coming, you know, that could also shake up the meta because, you know, certainly for a rebel point of view um, you know, perhaps are a slightly more viable options than taking Han, but
0: we'll yeah. see. Well, nice segue there, Tim. Seamless, seamless segue <laughs> into Endor. So what we'll do first of all is we'll talk through the different cards from Endor, and then we'll talk about points for Endor that have come out um, a little bit. Um, and then we'll talk about changes to the existing stuff because, um the stuff has changed, as Tim's just alluded to there, um, some obvious ones. Um, so basically, whoever's done this preview for AMG, it's actually worth having a read of because they have actually looked through the abilities, taken the time to understand what they do, um, and taken the time to understand how they interact with each other. So um, we'll start off with a bunch of the TIE LNs. Um, so those are the your, your bog standard TIE fighters. First thing to point out is that these ships all come with four hull, not three. Um, except for one who has three hull and a shield. So they all come with four health, um, basically. They are... um, It's becoming apparent that somebody somewhere decided that three health and a TIE fighter wasn't fair because the, um, what's it called? Battle of Yavin TIE fighters, a lot of them have got four health as well. Mm -hmm. So um, the first one is Lieutenant Hesley, Hebsley, something like that. Hemsley sounds...
1: Posher and Tuftier, to didn't it? Hebsley, Hebsley. yes. I he- yes. I
0: I went from uh, from the right. uh, the the flight academy from Coruscant. <laughs> Daddy Daddy paid for me to join the, <laughs> the Empire. Yes, yes. Eton, then Oxford, then the the flight academy at Coruscant. <laughs> um, so after you defend, so this is actually quite interesting. After you defend, you can perform a red boost action even while stressed. So yeah, that's the pilot ability. Um, the ship itself has got Focus Evade a Barrel Roll Link to Red Evade. I haven't just a Red noticed Bruce that.
1: Action. That's crazy, isn't it?
0: Yeah. So they've got linked actions, which TIE Fighters didn't used to have. As well as that, they've got three um, upgrades. So they've got Elusive, which is um, just the standard Elusive upgrade. They've also got something that all of these ships have got, which is No Escape which is why you perform a primary attack. If there are more friendly ships than other enemy ships at range 0 to 1 of the defender, you can reroll one of your blank results, which means that in one-on-one situations, you've always got an aggressive reroll um, when you're attacking, um, which is different to the rebel side, which we'll talk about in the future. And then this guy has also got something called collected, which is after you perform a primary attack, you can spend a focus token to gain two evade tokens so they're i3 so if you roll natties or you use your rerolls, you don't need to spend your focus token you can bin it off and get two evades instead of a focus probably decent but it's i3 but you could combine well with meander who's one we'll talk about in future so did did you uh,
1: mention the the ship like chassis ability the formed up i haven't yet no i was going to talk about that You, you crack on though go ahead so that's um, at the end of the end phase. If there's another friendly tie fighter at range zero to one, you may remove one stress token. So you can almost cater turn every turn if you felt like
0: it. Yeah, but also that red, <laughs> uh, that red boost that we were talking about—that uh, or the evade, form a red boost action, or or having an evade, or taking red um, focus tokens basically means that as long as you're near another TIE fighter, you can get rid of that stress token and then you can probably K turn again um and recharge your elusive. Um and all that kind of stuff. So I think a lot that's of the the things... strongest
1: part, isn't it? The recharge of the elusive. So you can almost use it every other turn and still have mods.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of free mods here. There's elusive for defense, there's no escape for offense. Um and the ship will be hard to kill. Um we'll skip on to scythe two. Uh sorry, size six
1: double evaded as well.
0: Well, yeah, but it that only happens at I three unless, swarm tactics or whatever Mm -hmm. um, happens. So, um, side six battle over Endor is an initiative two, four health, same chassis ability formed up about shedding stress, same no escape ability as well. Um, The pilot ability on this one is while you perform an attack at attack range one to two, roll an additional attack dice. So it's a three dice Tie Fighter. It does four dice at range one why you would ever take molar Missile or, or would have whatever scourge or backstab or one of the ones with a much more difficult to pull off conditional extra dice over this I'm not sure unless it just comes down to points um we'll talk about points in a second for these ships um but yeah it's um it's got all sorts of nonsense um going on so it's got as i said no escape it's got predator which It's just normal Predator. Um, It's got then two special modifications. So one with two charges, an ion maneuvering jet. After you fully execute a K-turn, you can spend a charge to perform an action, even while stressed. So as you also call it, pattern analyzer. Um, So got that. I got something called targeting matrix which allows you to spend a focus result at the end of the neutralized result step. So if you roll a focus and you can't convert it to a hit, you can spend it after the attacker's resolved, the defender gains a strain token. So if you have an eyeball, you can reduce their, uh, their defense for any follow-up shots. Sadly, it's I2, so number of follow-up shots might be minimal. But you might lock them into a blue move next turn. So, I mean, what do you think of that one? Uh, let's go Tim. Tim, what do you think of that one?
2: I mean, I think it's it's cool. Um, I think they're quite low initiative, like and th- and that's my worry is that they've got some cool abilities there, like, you know, the first one, getting the the two evade tokens, um this one with the you know, like you say, uh, gaining the stray and stuff, but they are quite low initiative. So you're probably mm-hmm. finding that a lot of those benefits are probably not gonna be that useful um i ha- i must say I haven't, I haven't seen the initiatives of the rebel ships so it might be balanced within battle of um over at endor but um uh, you got some cool bits like predators always useful like you know i like, will give you a reroll as well um and with no escape yeah you could end up with two rerolls i guess with with a four dice range one
1: not not to jump too far ahead but one of the new tie fighters does have swarm tactics yeah so there'll be a way to trigger these sort of abilities earlier. Yeah,
2: if yeah, you want to. I think you'd definitely be looking to trigger Scythe six over uh, Hebsley. Because you'd want that strain out more than perhaps giving the two of AIDS. Yeah, so um just in terms of
0: points, which we talked about briefly, Hebsley is a three. Nice. Um, and size is this which one are we looking at? Scythe six.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, is a <laughs> Side six, side tile. Then, why I think that's probably called something different. Um, in the points, unless I'm going blind, I, uh... Uh, I am. I am. I'm almost be going blind. There's a side uh... three battle over Endor, which is listed as a three in the points. Um, so oh, I, think... I
2: don't believe there could mm. be a typo in a
0: must be, must <laughs> be that. So, these are these are three point tie fighters basically, so they're not that's cheap. Good. You have to make choices about yeah, but which one. I don't think bear. that's
1: a, a bad choice, is it? Um, for three points, because only the generics are two. Yeah. Yeah. So.
2: Well, this is it. They are um, three, three agility base. And, you know, you know, it was a famous saying, wasn't it? You know, sort of the tyranny of three agility and all that, because three green dice can just roll three evades or three paint or whatever. And they just yep. become very frustrating to try and kill. And then with the four hole, you know. Yeah, even trickier. Yeah. yeah they're, you're unlikely to be
0: one-shotted anymore, aren't you? Yeah, they're A-wings now, as opposed to um as opposed to TIE fighters in terms of their survivability. Um so side six cannot boost though. So the red boost is specifically on Hebsley's um action bar. So this is more complexity, basically, because mm, yeah. <laughs> different different action bars on these even against normal TIE Fighters. Um, so we go to the next one, which is Major Meander, who is an I-5 one, which Ben, spoilers, has Swarm Tactics. <laughs> um, ruthless and No Escape. So actually got a fairly standard set of upgrades. Again, has a shield. Uh, so it has four health, but three, three hull, one shield rather than uh, just four hull. Um, now, Meander's ability is that during the end phase, you can choose up to two friendly small ships at range 0 to 2, You and they may perform a red barrel roll or a red boost action. So then
1: you can trigger the formed up. You can trigger the formed
0: up ability. Yeah, because that's during the end phase and formed up is at the end of the end phase. So you do your red barrel roll or your red boost, and then you shed your stress as long as you've got a mate nearby. Um, So you could be boosting into or could you? Yes, different trigger points. Yeah, so you can boost during the end phase and then at the end of the end phase get rid of stress. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's different trigger points. It was the same trigger point that would have to be in range one of something before they did the move as well as afterwards, but different trigger points. Well, so they're major fine. Major
2: Meander can choose themselves as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two friendly ships at range zero to two. So yeah, self and one other
1: or two others. Um, I, wonder, I wonder what makes them choose this one to have a shield rather than just an extra hull. It's officer, officer class.
0: It. It's mm-hmm. officer class. This is a major.
2: This is it. We we'll give we give this one the important shield and you know the the fancy technology and the grunts can just have like bits of extra like armor plating like bolted I suppose
1: on. that makes sense because in in sort of other not the, this game but like the shields come back, don't they? They regenerate.
0: Yeah, and this is an officer, so has ruthless because I'll kill my academy pilots. It doesn't matter. Um, Also has got coordinate as well, a red coordinate action. Um, So that's a little bit of a something, something at I-5. Giving somebody, you know, some extra actions, maybe a a reposition, something at I-5 so that they can either dodge an arc or line up a predator or something. Um, does does so creep nice. up to
2: four points though, because I was just thinking if it was a three-point coordinate, then maybe there's like a little cheeky build you could have with like powering up one of the defenders or Vader or uh yeah. decimator. But four points I think you might want it to do a bit more.
0: Well that I five that I five coordinate is probably why this is a four point ship, not a oh, three yeah. point. No, ship. I I I get five it.
2: I get it. Um but yeah, it's. I mean, that's the problem with the twenty-point system. Is as soon as you add on that point, you know, yeah, it does suddenly creep up a little because it's not and, quite. Like, would you not just take Howl Runner?
0: Yeah, i I look at if i'd look at any four point tie and think I'd rather not take a four point tie fighter. I'd rather take a four point interceptor or something else in Imperials. Um, there's better options at four points than uh, a tie fighter, no matter how good that tie fighter is. Um, I do
1: like that they're willing to play around with the action bars, though.
0: Yeah, the the other thing that is good, it is good. It's confusing I have noticed for new that players. When I,
1: um, when I read it originally, I completely didn't even look at that.
0: It's confusing yeah. for new players is my only concern. Like it used to be, a Tie Fighter could do focus evade barrel roll, and you knew that a focus that that a Tie Fighter could do those. Now it can do all of those, but it can also link to an evade, and
1: some of them can also do something else as well. Um, I guess though, it's easy for your you can it's easy for your opponent to see them cards as well though they're quite I know, but they're quite visual. do you know what I mean you can yeah i I just find there's not fight. a lot of stuff when you've got them on the table. There's not a lot of stuff around them, is there i mean so,
0: so i I do agree with you, I also know that five or six days of uh, games of x wing over a day, <laughs> I play a lot and I will not know these so. Unless every single turn I'm going to be saying, What can this one do again? What are your action choices with that one? If I'm going to try and block you, do I need to consider something that you can do something? You know, it's like all of those kind of weird abilities that it used to be, you know, you had to remember the pilot ability and everything else was set. It's like the upgrades that they've all got are all unique and different. Like there's a load of people who've just got something special, like collected. And ion maneuvering jets, they're just like nobody else has got those. Do I need to remember those as your opponent, or do I just let that stuff happen and hope that you know you forget <laughs> your complicated <laughs> triggers? I don't know. Um,
1: but I mean, you could say that about the fact that we've got ships with different pilot abilities, you can't remember everybody's pilot ability.
0: I mean, I find it easier to remember a pilot ability than.
1: Like, I bet I can go on Yasmin and find a ship that you don't know what its pilot ability
0: is. You see, the thing is, there's a difference between that ship has one pilot ability and this one pilot has got these four things that are different. Like, even after ages of playing Battle for Yavin, I know that... or Sorry, Siege of Coruscant. I know that Obi-Wan Kenobi's droid does something different, but I'm not sure exactly what it does. In fact, but I know he's got a weird droid.
1: I bet you know? I could go and find pilots you don't know what they are and then put upgrades on that you don't remember what they are.
0: Probably, because you just have there to go is into... Just,
1: there is loads. You know, you know what I'm saying, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you go you into know. Separatists or some a faction I'm not super familiar with, yeah, yeah. I, I get your point. Um, I just... It feels well, like a, a no complaint, if I'm honest with you. Well, one of the things that AMG said a couple of years ago when they took the game over was that they wanted to simplify it to because it got overcomplicated, and they wanted to make the rules easier for for new players to get into the game. And these are not easier. At at the very best, these are as complicated, as as you've said. Um, I think they're more complicated to remember, because they've all got unique, multiple unique upgrades instead of one unique upgrade, which is the pilot ability. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, So anyway, let's move on to the bombers. Scimitar 1 and Scimitar 3, um, we can go through these as kind of a pair. So they've got the same kind of stats. They've got the base chassis of a bomber, so two reds, two greens, six hull. They've both got two charges, which they can use to at power their pilot abilities. Um, so Scimitar 1, after a friendly ship at range 0 to 3 performs an attack, you can spend a charge to acquire a lock on the defender. I
1: think that's so, really
0: got that. Oh, it is, because they've got a proton torpedo. Yeah. <laughs> so you fly them forward at I-3 and take a focus. You fly everything else forward and take a focus. Something doesn't attack. Whoever they attack, um, Scimitar-1,
1: proton torpedoes at I-3. Especially if you've got like, a nice six or something like that. Well, oh, yeah. It's, it's like I suppose Jag. anything I-3 doesn't really matter, does it?
0: Yeah, as long as something's shooting before it. It's like Jag yeah. in Republic, which we've seen everywhere, because... While it's a low initiative ship, um, it, it could actually be Jag. You never know. Probably not. Probably dead by them.
1: <laughs> um, it's like, um,
0: you know, uh, yeah. So, and and they can do that twice. Um, I always nice. forget
1: that they sort of get rolled into the Imperials. Like a Klatsim is completely different. But yeah, when you say things them. like, I just you just sort of don't remember until it's pointed out. Yeah.
0: It's also <laughs> it's it's also got marksmanship, so you can have more crits on your crits. I hear you like crits, so I've put some crits on your crits. Um, it's got no escape and it's got ion bombs as well. Um, it also still retains nimble bomber um, and the same uh upgrade bar. So it's got focus lock, roll to lock and reload, a red reload. Um, so yeah you can I mean with this it's it's fairly neat because you can um you can torp something, then you can move in for a block, then you can K-turn over the top of it, and then you can torp it again, because you'll get the lock on your target. Um, and you possibly from...
1: unbomb it, so you know where it's going.
0: Yeah. So, it's a bit of a bit of a meaty jousting piece. It's only six hole. It's one of those things where you kind of have to make a choice of Bit like Hall okened in the Y-wing. It's like I know that if I don't kill this, it's going to do something awful to me. The problem is, <laughs> is if I spend the effort killing it, it might just live for long enough that I become sad because everything else has murdered me instead. Um, he is a four-point ship, by the way. In fact, these are both four-point ships. So, um, Scimitar, really like that ship so scimitar 3's ability is after he drops a bomb you can spend a charge to perform a boost also has proton torpedoes proton bombs parting gift which is the uh after you're destroyed you can drop a bomb somewhere or launch drop or launch a bomb using the one speed template so um yeah that's the bomber version of the bomber where uh, scimitar 1 is the I'm gonna to torp you to death version. They've both got proton torpedoes, but Scimitar 3 can't easily double mod them. But
1: he feels like a, that part, that ability is very similar to the, the Deathfire one, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, those are the bombers. Now, interceptors. There are two three I really Interceptors. Like them bombers. Yeah, they're nice. I might have to buy the bomber pack at some point and actually play some bombers. Cause do, do you I have can, bombers? I do not own any bombers, no.
1: If you only want the one, I've got like a spare one you can use.
2: Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, I probably got half a dozen. But okay. But, yeah, I mean, it's dials and stuff. I, mean, like, I picked up a few collections, didn't I, around war boots and stuff, and I think yeah. bombers were things. I'm pretty sure I had enough bombers to do the five bomber list.
1: That's where I mine from. Same sort of thing. I'm pretty sure I can borrow them, but you know,
0: I don't ever plan in advance to fly something. I always pack a bag on a Tuesday while I'm, you know, on a one-hour-long Teams call. Um, (laughs) So, um, so interceptors. We've got an I1 interceptor who's called Sapphire Two. It has got normal interceptor stats, so three-three-three, no shield. While you defend, if you are focused, roll an additional defense die. So at I1. Probably going to still be focused a lot of the time. Four grains. Not bad. Locked in on sensitive controls. So system phase repositioning with barrel rolls and boosts if you want to. But you do lose auto thrusters. Um, has no escape as well. Has reckless. So reckless is daredevil boosts. Yep. Um or Daredevil rolls. We've talked about this one a few weeks ago. The Daredevil um,
1: roll's gonna be so fun.
0: Yeah. So uh, and you roll an attack die and have a fifty fifty chance of gaining stress when you do it. And so, stress. Yeah. So you could gain two stress if you're doing a system phase Daredevil nonsense. Um but you could gain one. But then again they've got prime thrusters, so when you've got two or your stress tokens, you can perform those rolls and boosts even while stressed. So you can be in some really weird positions and just not care. Um, And then if you roll garbage, your targeting matrix while attacking, you can spend an eyeball result and at the end of the neutralized result step, uh, give the defender a strain token. So it's an I1, so it's not likely to be relevant that round, but again, you might lock your opponent into some bad choices um, or make them stay strained so that next turn you get a better shot on them um, if they decide that they... Yeah, so I guess you can
2: only reckless once per turn, though, because it's only the system phase sensitive controls that's red. Yes. So you, you, you couldn't do it as your action as well. Yeah. That would just be a normal yeah. white, white one. So, yeah, you can use the hard turns, the boost and barrel roll in the system phase, but then it's just a standard boost or barrel uh, yeah. roll in the action. Using yeah, yeah, yeah. Thrust. Yeah, cool. Okay. Which I mean, yeah. which is fine. It's still decent, but it would have been absolutely crazy if you could do it before and after. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd, um, I'd love to see, you know, the graphics that people used to do, like, you know, where... You know, <laughs> where the, the, you the, can be, yeah. You know, where, where the TIE Phantoms could be once they're, like, decloaked and stuff like that. I imagine yeah, if you could do the hard one boosts and barrel rolls before and after.
0: Yeah. I've got bad news for you. It's four points.
1: For initiative one, get out of here.
0: Initiative one is four points, and he can do some weird movement shenanigans. But you can still get Liria for three points. He can do weird movement shenanigans, and uh, I three.
1: And I don't like sensitive controls. I don't um, say it all the time, but I really hate it.
2: I mean, I mean, I think that's the big issue: is the fact that sensitive controls is the only way you can reckless. And reckless is a cool ability, but there is then a chance you double a fifty chance you double stress yourself. So even if you dialled in a blue, you then can't focus, which is where you get your additional green dice from.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think this will never see play unless it drops to three when it will be everywhere. Um, I think this is one of those ones that should be three and a half. Um, Okay. Uh, Sapphire 2 is a high-risk, high-reward tie interceptor, apparently, who's going to be in the bin for the rest of forever. Um, So after that one, you've got Mouse Moner, who is a I3 interceptor with a shield, whose pilot ability says after you perform an evade action, gain a calculate token. Oh, my days. Double modded (laughs) defense dice. Let's go. Sensitive controls as well. Again, no escape. Has outmaneuver. So fine. Look at me, or I will hurt you. And fuel injection override, an upgrade with two charges. While you boost or roll, you can spend a charge to use a template with a speed one higher instead. So, I mean, we know two...
1: override, uh, Poverdrive Poe is.
0: Mm hmm. Poverdrive now.
1: I guess so. It's i3 in it rather than i6, but
0: yeah, still. Do, you want, do you want to know how many points the ship is?
1: Five. Five. Yes, that was a good guess. I knew it was going to be nonsense.
0: Yeah, not going to see play. Like really cool, but a quarter of your list. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's the ship that if your opponent sticks it on the table, you go. Yeah, I'm going to kill that one. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that's the one I'm going to kill. That's that's five points.
1: Five points <laughs> just for me. <laughs>
0: After you perform an evade action, gain a calculate. Well, you could live for a turn when you probably shouldn't have done, but then you're dead. Um, you know, with sensitive controls, can get out a dodge. You know, can do boosts in the system phase and then five straights to, you know, or four straights to run away and you know, well, repositioning and things. But yeah,
2: you can because you can fuel injection those those system phase boost and barrel rolls as well. But I mean, even if you're I mean, you're going to place so as a lone flanker doing out maneuver. So it's gonna be isolated. It has got a good ability, but like you say, initiative three. Like even like your average ship is gonna outace it. If
0: this was if this was like grievous at four, this would be really good because you'd be outacing the the low initiative side of stuff. But as it is, you're not. And looking at what people have been talking about running, and what people are running at the moment. This is not gonna be an ace in any matchup. It's just gonna be another ship.
2: And that's where Poverdrive is really good, is because he's yeah. initiative six. So he can do his he can do his two actions, boost barrel roll, uh with sometimes perfect knowledge. Whereas yeah. this one won't know where potentially all of the enemy ships are.
0: Yeah. And five points.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and I suppose you know that's the way you got to look at these ships. Is it's not just their cost. It's you know what what is it stopping you from taking, but also it's what points are they going to get you back during the game, you know. Yeah, you know this this has to do a lot more work than one of those three point bombers. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, if you were looking at say Scimitar One for that double modded proton torpedo, you know that's chucking out a lot more hurt than. That is, again, cool abilities. I like it, um, but outside of thematic Battle of Endor,
0: you'll you'll see it in casual games. You'll see the odd nonsense person. It might turn out that somebody figures out some combination of ships that this really sings in, but um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so for like... five, well, for five points, Tim, just to your point, you can have the new Centurion fell. You can even have the old Centurion fell as well if you you know, if you prefer. Um, Do you want to talk about New
2: Sinterfell, Tim? Sure. I mean, that's it. I mean, you you sort of said it there, really, if you're comparing chalk and cheese there, because is a bit of a beast. uh, An apex predator, one may say. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: um, so uh, yeah, yeah. Again, standard stats. Um, he does have two charge on his card, which is for his ability, which is after you perform an attack, you may spend one charge and gain one deplete token to boost or barrel. And um, we already know the blues on the interceptors are pretty handy, um, yep. so that's quite nice to um, yeah, just perhaps get yourself out of arc, get yourself out of ball's eyes, that sort of thing.
0: It's it's also worth pointing out those are not actions. Yeah. So he can do another boost if he's already boosted in the systems phase or in the action phase, and he can do another barrel roll if he's already barrel rolled. Cool. They are not actions.
2: Uh, so upgrades. Uh, so apex predator, while you perform a primary attack, if the defender's initiative is lower than yours, and let's be honest, most ships will be, uh, you may reroll one attack dice. Uh, no escape. So again, Get some of those Tie Fighters, or even Sunter himself, because I know it's uh, more friendly. I know. Okay, so it, it does it does work. So if if Sunter and a friend are range one of the defender, and there's no other um, enemies or sort of friends of the defender, you can re- reroll a blank result there. So potentially, he, could get it, six, he doesn't two, need
0: two, a friend. He doesn't need a friend. More friendly ships than other enemy ships.
2: Uh, okay. So as on as a one v
0: one. If if it he's triggers. got you one v one, he's got you with Apex Predator and No Escape on offense. So he's got two re rolls, and then he boosts after he shoots at you, or barrels after he shoots at you.
2: Yeah, I mean that, and that is always one thing that perhaps to Oldsen suffered from. Yes, he had lots of focus tokens, but it was that re roll. So you end up sort of taking targeting computer stuff, didn't you, to get yeah. in the, the target lock. Um I think blank signature is quite a cool ability, so it's a, a reoccurring one charge ability. Uh so while defending, if you're not locked by the attacker, you may spend one charge, change an eyeball to an evade result. Um yep. so I
1: cannot believe that's reoccurring.
2: <laughs> yeah. Once
0: it's once a turn, fortunately. It's not auto it's not auto thrusters.
1: But no, it but is it's crazy in this game like yeah. the closest we've had to some nonsense like Frosters.
2: i mean yeah i mean that's exactly what i thought of i mean it's all oh, bear in mind sunter does not have a shield so that will make him a lot more survivable but i guess yeah it's almost like a recurring shield isn't it in a yeah. way um, and he isn't yeah. he isn't going to be double focused like old center or evade focused um But then, you know, with that boost and barrel roll, is he getting shot as much as well? I mean, that's it. If you can reduce the amount of return fire that's coming back in, and perhaps you're only getting shot once, then blank signature's great. Um, And he's also got feedback emitter, which is a one-use only. Um, After an object acquires a lock on you, you may spend one charge to jam that object, ignoring rain restrictions, uh, and it can't be recovered. So basically, force transponders.
0: Yeah, but he doesn't have to jam the lock. Somebody could lock him, and he's like, "Well, I'm going to disappear, so I'm just going to jam off that focus that you've got as well."
2: No, no, yeah, absolutely. Whoever. It is just just jamming, isn't it? But yeah. um, it's quite useful uh, little bit as well. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I quite like it. It's um, you know, it's still squishy center. I mean, he has got that free. Focus mod every turn on defense, which will help a little bit. But yeah, we all know Cintefell's diet range-free.
0: It's very like old Cintefell, where like, and I mean old old Cintefell, like version one Cintefell, where you, with auto thrusters all thrusters and all that nonsense, where <laughs> you basically have to catch him with at least three ships in order to push damage, because you need to spend two ships worth of attacks burn through his defensive modifications and then hope that the third attack hits um, and be sad when he nads these nat- out of it um, because like if you shoot him once it's going to do nothing this ship just wants 1v1s like if there was ever an ace that just wanted to get into 1v1s it's this one um, because he's actually okay with going first because if he goes first he shoots you and then disappears Yeah. Um, if he's going second then he's trading but he's got is you know he can take an evade and have a focus of aid for defense um on his three dice so he's probably not going to take anything he won't hit as hard but he's still got that focus of aid for defense and if he doesn't need to spend it then you know so like if he's going second he's fine if he's going first he's fine he's going to get into 1v1 jousts with um other aces and i5s and he's going to just laugh at them basically um he's going to be it's going to be a menace. Um, he's five points, as we said
2: earlier. But you'd, you'd certainly take Center over um, Mouse, wouldn't you? So,
0: oh, 100%. I mean,
2: 100%. Yeah, I, I guess the interesting thing as well is that um, if, if he was going 1v1 one, one versus your i6 and he moves first, if you can have it so he can't shoot, then he can't boost and barrel roll um so you, know, you might have interesting situations where you know you get you end up with senta pointing at a rock and not able to reposition after his attack we'll see i, mean, yeah. I think th- i think it's um it's yeah i think i think it's a good ability and 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 certainly more likely to be bringing his points back i reckon because there's every chance he can get two rerolls um, although it will be important to remember, no escape is specifically blank results, much yep. like de- uh, dedicated. So, I had someone try and re-roll their focus results at the weekend, and yeah, if you if you want yeah. all eyeballs, you can't re-roll with no escape.
0: Yep. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like- I heard somebody on the internet say that this was as if somebody had sent Duncan Howard a thing and said, "Make your ideal centur that you really want forever." And he's come back with this card, and they said it seems fair. So um, I think we'll expect to see um, him using that at Worlds because it's his favourite pilot.
2: And I, um, I, I, I would be absolutely fine with that. I, I do not see this as absolutely game breaking. It's a good piece. If flown well, will be strong. Yeah. But but as with most you know aces like this, he is still fragile. Blank signature will help a little bit um but you know you, you've still got to be able to fly it well to get your full benefit from it
0: yeah blank signature and feedback emitter are really good for helping him with his survivability but yeah um you put him in the wrong place he's still gonna die because you know he's only gonna have at best effectively a calculate and a focus so blanks are still gonna hurt him um so yeah Cool. Um, speaking of I-6s that are probably broken, but nobody's really found out yet because we've not really played with them. We're on to the Defenders. Why not take my least favorite ship and make it even more horrible um, <laughs> to play against? Colonel Jendon in a Defender. He's jumped out of his Lambda shuttle. He's jumped into a Defender. He's uh, zooming about just off camera during the battle over Endor. along with all of the other defenders that were totally there um normal defender stats so three 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 four so four shields three hull um his ability is while you defend if you are not shielded you can change one of your blank results to an eyeball result so a little bit of a defensive thing that once you go under half um you get this and it aligns with his uh one of his other abilities which we'll we'll talk about in a second um he's also got chiss engineering which is after you fully execute a speed three to five maneuver you can perform a lock action while attacking if you're not stressed you can spend a shield to apply the range one bonus so he burns his own shields to give himself extra dice when he's not at range one um if he's as long as he's not stressed. So basically, he can K-turn. He can do all of his other moves that, you know, three to fives. The three hards good on the defender, they are. It's the one hard that's red. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, you fly him like a defender, burn shields. Doesn't get free evade token. Gets a free lock instead. And then, also has no escape. Has something called push the limit. After you fully execute a red maneuver or perform a red action, You can gain a strain to remove the stress. So you can be strained, but be able to take an action. He has proton cannons, and he has a computer assisted handling, which is a one one shot. After you fully execute a maneuver, you can spend charge to perform a boost or barrel roll action. So the thing that everybody's got really excited about on the internet is that with chess engineering, you can do a three to five speed maneuver. You can line up a bullseye, use a computer-assisted handling, you can spend a shield, and you can do a range 1 proton cannon attack and do a 5-dice lock-focused attack at range 3 with a proton cannon. Or range 2. Fairly spicy. I
1: mean, that is great. <laughs> How so many it- points is this guy, though?
0: So Colonel Gendon, there was a brief moment of terror when everybody thought he was going to be six. And then everybody breathed a collective sigh of relief when he was released at seven. Um, so you cannot fly him with two other defenders. Um, but yeah, he he is an I-6 hammer. An absolute sledgehammer of a ship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, But he will die. He doesn't get evade tokens.
1: I mean, he um, can just take the evade action. and
0: Yeah, he can use, do.
1: Like you said, you can spend your charge, borrow or boost, line up that bullseye, take mm-hmm. your target lock, and use the soft mod on the Proton Cannon anyway.
0: Yeah, and he's got his while well, he's not shielded. Evade. Well, he's got his while well, you're not shielded, changing blanks for eyeballs so he I, can I was use his... To say, yeah that's, yeah, that's
2: probably stronger than, than getting the free evade, is the fact that that give you more focus results. Mm.
0: Yeah, which he can then spend his focus because he's using um, his lock for offence and is saving his focus for defence if he's taking more than one shot.
1: That's crazy what you can do. Yeah. Because you can boost, take your lock, evade and barrel roll, and then get rid of the stress as well. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. I'm going to enjoy I love defenders.
0: No, he... Yeah, he can. Yeah, he can get rid of the stress by taking a strain if he doesn't evade to a barrel roll. But mm-hmm. he can't quite do everything that you've said. I don't think, but almost. Yeah, he can. <laughs> Fair enough. Why can't you? I don't so think you've... he can boost and roll and so lock so and you
1: fully focus? execute a maneuver. Spend a charge, do the boost, then you've done a three so, yeah, to five so, speed maneuver. Take yeah. the lock, and then for your actual action, you can take a, an evade and link it to the barrel roll. And then yeah. push the limit to take a strain.
2: But that's once once per game, yes. You oh can. yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And then you've got your soft mod on your proton cannon for your focus. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That'd be cool. great. Yeah, Mink's lining up that bullseye a lot.
0: You you're probably gonna be able to line that bullseye up once going to be time to practice your rule of 11 and how to be in where the 4k wants to be um with one of your ships every single turn <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> now, one of your ships where if, the
0: 4k is going to land.
2: If you shoot the proton cannon at range 3 and apply the range 1 bonus, range yep. 1 and range 3 bonus applied at the same time.
0: Yes, because the defender will get the range 3 bonus because it is a range 3 attack yeah. but he will get the range 1 bonus because he's treating it as range yeah. 1.
1: No
0: um, And you can't apply the range one bonus twice. So you can't. Can't shoot the proton. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, you can't shoot a proton cannon at range one anyway, because it's a range two to three weapon.
1: Mm. Um, Defenders roll four at range one anyway,
0: don't they? I mean, so. Yeah, so if a defender was shooting you at range one, it could spend a charge to. Sorry, it could spend a shield to apply the range one bonus. But the range one bonus, somebody asked this question. I went and looked it up. The range one bonus says, if you have a range one bonus, add one dice. It doesn't say add one dice per time that you apply the range one bonus. So it doesn't matter how many times you have the range one bonus. The range one bonus is always one dice. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and it's like it, It's very clearly worded as it is a single die. So if you've got a range one shot, you can't burn a shield to roll five, basically. You're going to be rolling four anyway. Yeah. And- so it is a, it's a magical, mystical range two and three happy bonus you get a proton cannon you get five you don't you get four um it's still disgusting (laughs) you know it's proton torpedoes and apts at range constantly
1: you can't get them back like old miranda could
0: i mean yeah but still you can do potentially four of them i mean your, your your choice here is do i shoot him to switch his ability off or do i just let him burn his shields down and give me half points
2: <laughs> i mean that, that that is the decision it's almost a bit like quick draw isn't it but yeah he can absolutely use his shields as extra red dice and then be like well and then, then i turn on my defensive you know ability
0: yeah now i disappear and chance having got seven points in kills i'm off to claim two or three points in objectives um while basically being unkillable over in the corner over so here
1: being seven points is like a feature isn't it
0: oh yeah I mean, Defenders at 7 are crazy. Um, speaking of Defenders at 7, there is a Defender at 6. Um, Captain Yore, the other Lambda pilot, um, has also jumped himself into a Defender and flown around just off-camera alongside Colonel Jenden. Um, so he's got standard Defender stats, but he's got two charges. His, he's also got the Chiss engineering, so he can also spend shields to apply range 1 bonuses. Um his pilot ability is after you perform a primary attack that hits, you can spend a charge to perform a bonus cannon attack. Now he's got no escape, which we've talked about. He's got Predator, which is normal. He's got an Ion Cannon, so there's cannon he's going to be double tapping you with. Um and he's got a computer-assisted handling, which is again that once per game free booster barrel roll, um, after you fully execute a maneuver. Um he's I four. Um and he's a six-point defender, so he breaks the uh, the seven-point threshold for defenders. Uh, theoretically, allows you to put Rexlar, Brath, Colonel Gendon, and Captain Yor in a list together and fly triple D's, triple defenders. What do you think of him, Ben?
1: I mean, it's okay. I always enjoy flying defenders. Um, I, I like the the chassis ability. Yeah. Oh. I'm more excited to fly Gendon, if I'm honest.
0: It's a it's a good bit of um, it's a good bit of resource management, the chassis ability. Like the, it's not always going to be the correct choice.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, to burn a shield. Um, I mean, Yor could burn two shields a turn. Um, quite happily, yeah. to just mod everything, super mod everything. Um, you know, and really push hurt through, like a primary attack, then an ion cannon, with potentially predator um and the lock and the focus you know you're going to you're going to really be punching it um
2: like, especially cuz sometimes you leave that ship on one hull don't you and yeah. then that iron cannon you know if you can do that extra damage just to you know kill that ship i'm just yeah, sad it's only it's twice not, <laughs> a game
0: it's not the same target as well that's the thing is it no it could be a different target
2: Oh no! So yeah, it could be yeah, but you could it could also be the same target yeah
0: yeah yeah it can be both. So that's the um, that's the spoilers. Uh, what which of those ships stands out the most to
2: you, uh, Tim? Uh, Tim first. I think. I mean, I think Scimitar one possibly purely for a double-modded proton top because uh, that's where sometimes the bombers fall a little short. Uh, and they need um you know the re rolls for their barrage rockets to really work. I mean, I like the idea of Center but we'll see.
0: Yeah. It's hard to stop those double modded proton torpedoes as well, isn't it? Because you just have to get a well, shot on something that's at range two of that and, yeah, and they get the lock and then it goes.
2: But it's even easier to trigger than Jag because there's no side art requirement, it's just after a friendly ship at naught to three performs an attack. So, yeah. I mean, that's a massive bubble.
0: Yeah, he went to the school of Jag, didn't he? He was like student number one in Jag's little academy of clone troopers turned stormtroopers. And that's uh, it. What it,
2: about... it, Yeah, So I was going to say as well. Like, and and even if he has to swap swap over to his primary, you know, he's still got no escape. He's still got iron bombs. Yeah. Nice bits. Yeah.
1: What about you, Ben? So the, my big winner is the same as Tim. To be honest. Mm-hmm. But I am excited to use Gendon. I think I'll have some fun there. But yeah. I, I do think that double-modded um, bomber's going to be great. I'm already looking at the Imperial list I've got of what I can swap out to put that ship in. Yeah, Out of all <laughs> of them, that's the only one that's made me go straight to my builder. It's why I got distracted from second bomber, because <laughs> I was looking at where I could fit it in for my lists I already have. I mean,
0: it looks like... I don't know how it's going to affect the meta. Like at the minute, we're seeing quite a lot of swarms, quite a lot of five ship kind of, you know, the the, the ship number is pushing up from kind of four or five to five, almost trending towards six with the um, the Republic swarms that did well at LVO, um, as well as a few other things. It does make me wonder if there's actually space for seven point aces um, and five point aces in, in the game, or will they just get, you know, there's, you're going to be taking three or four shots irrespective of where you put your ace unless you just disappear for the first half of the game. Um, but if, if
2: I was paying points, I would absolutely pay the points of Jendon over Sunter or somebody else because yeah. I think he has the potential for one-shotting something. Yeah, At least hitting it real hard. Like Sunter could, but I think Sunter has to push into range one, which then could be a problem against a swarm because yeah. it's, it's, he's not like a fang fighter that gets a free evade every time he's shot you know he gets one use of blank signature a turn so you know you need to make sure your positioning is, is spot on with him um, yeah. I mean he obviously with the reposition after he's shot that might help him a little bit but I think um, there'll be some stories of somebody just getting absolutely obliterated by Jendon
0: yeah yeah it's fair Okay, points. Let's talk about points. We've already touched on the Endor points, basically, for Imperials as they've come out. Um, we'll quickly skip through the Rebel ones, but we'll touch on to them in more detail when we talk about it next week, uh, if the spoiler article comes out next week. Um, so points on Imperials that changed was basically bombers. Um, Major Reimer and Tomax Bren had their loadouts um, hit so that they can no longer take Saturation Salvo. and uh, barrage Rockets. Um, so they've had their um, they've had their points dropped to seven. Uh, their loadout points dropped to seven. Um, so with Barrage Rockets being six, they can no longer get anything else fun. So probably Sling Marksmanship on there for the final point if you're going to take them. Um, Gamma Squadron Ace, they've changed it. I think it's dropped a little bit down to eight. Um, again, like, a bummer.
2: I was going to say, with Tomax and Rima though, I think by losing that saturation salvo, you probably pushing you towards the standard loadout versions. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I agree. I think it's certainly become certainly. I think more cost effective probably is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. So you've Early got the three
0: me. point Tomax, who's the double modded plasma torpedo Tomax, isn't he? Yeah. Um. So why would you take the three point loadout one? Um. I might be getting them mixed up, but yeah. Anyway, um. You can still get good um good bombers in for like one or three points those those bombers that we talked about are four pointers so you know there is still a discussion to be had about whether you want to take scimitar veteran tomax bren standard loadout or um seven points of upgrades Tomax bren or whether you want to take uh, at three or whether you want to take one of them at four um so yeah it's um It's not such a straightforward decision anymore. Um, So that was the, they were the only real changes in Imperials. Um, There were no um, points, uh, sorry, there were no upgrade points changes at all. So no um, upgrade cards actually changed costs at all. Um, We'll very briefly talk about, um, no, we won't talk about new points for um, Rebels. What we will talk about is changes. So no ship points changed but loadout points did uh, so bodic avenge um the fang fighter who saw quite a lot of play um has had her loadout dropped from uh 8 down to 7 uh, so now can uh, sorry from 9 to 7 actually so it can no longer take um the two um modifications and predator has to choose uh, which of the three point upgrades she wants to take um to then go with something for one point. Uh, similarly, Fenrow had his loadout dropped from I think ten down to nine, um, which means that he can do that thing, but it's now a choice of: do you want a shield upgrade and marksmanship, or do you want some other upgrades instead of having a little bit more flexibility? So, not massively crushing to um, not massively crushing to the rebel uh, cause, but uh, they, they were ships that were seeing play. The big one here is that Han Solo, Scoundrel for Hire. he's still seven points, but he now only has 15 loadout. Um so you cannot take Perceptive Copilot and Bistan.
2: Yeah, drop of five points.
0: Yep. Um so it's a fairly like it's a very crude, and it is very crude. It's it's very obvious they've gone, what's the broken thing, right? That combines to 16 let's give him one point less than that. Um, so there are ways around it that people have already identified. And, and, and if you've got a brain in your head, you'll you'll be able to find them fairly quickly. Um, so you can still take um, Bayes Malbus um, to get two focuses if there is an enemy ship at range one of you. Uh, it gives you a red focus, um, which gives you two uh, or three, um, actually. Um, and then you can still fit in um, Bistan. Um, and have a couple of points spare. You could take Bistan and the child, so that you've got um, a couple of uh, force tokens to modify um, your second, uh, your first shot, while you keep your focus for your second one. Um, but you're losing things like engine upgrade or trick shot or whichever combo you wanted to go into. So Han is—he's—he's he's had the edge taken off. I think it's fair to say. Yeah,
2: I, I mean, think I think that's what, how I've described it. Is he's had that auto win element taken off and now you have to make decisions both in list building and how you fly them like do you you spend that focus on the first shot or do you just accept the first shot maybe a little underpowered um, and then you know you got got your second shot or you know yes you could like you say take the child for some force but then you know do you give up you know stuff like your engine boost yeah I mean it has been pointed out
0: that Rebels also have Leia at I-5 with a force charge and access to heightened perception. Um, and Lando with all of his actions at I-5. Um, who can take, because they've got more than enough loadout, who can take the and perceptive co-pilot combo. Um, and Lando has the lock plus two focuses. Leia has um, the two focuses plus a force. But it's not as modded as Han.
2: Well, th- well, this um, is it, and, and it is the fact that Han's ability works on defense as well, and that yeah. is what can be an, uh, uh, frustrating, because you just keep re-rolling that green dice until it shows you an evade. Um, yep. But also, I guess Initiative 5 versus Initiative 6 is big, especially if we start to see Center Fell's Gendons, that sort of thing start creeping in. Yeah,
0: I think that's why the heightened perception thought is coming in, but I mean, it is like kind of... it's kind of trying to copy... Your, your favorite thing, and getting something that's a bit—it's like, you know, I want ice cream from the ice cream shop. It's okay, son. We've got ice cream at home, and you're like, yeah, I don't want the ice cream that you've got in the freezer. I want ice cream from the ice cream shop. Generic own, cream. Own, like
2: own brand <laughs> chalk ice or something like. That. Yeah,
0: I don't want a generic own brand chalk ice. I want something from the the delicious ice cream shop around the corner. um <laughs> So anyway, Han's been nerfed a little bit. Uh, Not hugely, he's probably still good, um, just not as good. Um, Keo Venzi has had a point of upgrade uh, of loadout taken off, so it's now seven loadout instead of eight, uh, which basically means that Duke still fits. You can still put a missile and uh, an upgrade uh, a talent on there. Um, So still a really good piece with that side-slipping force action going on. but yes, kind of, kind of a bit of a backswing, probably due to being involved in a bunch of the uh, a bunch of the the cool squads that did well over the last year or so, um, and no other uh, changes to rebel points. Um, as I said, we'll talk about the new rebel points next week when well, we've got the full spoiler article to go through. And
2: I guess that the only, the only, so Keo and Hahn were probably two of the three most popular, and Bodicke was perhaps three of the four. Most popular rebel pieces in the meta, and the only other one is uh, Battle of Yavin Luke, which, well, you could only change his cost. You can't change his loadout, and all these ships have only had loadout adjustments. So, I mean, that is an an issue, isn't it, with the twenty point system?
0: Um, It's the it's the issue with the standard loadouts is that if they get pitched well at power level and point, then they're amazing. Um, or so, like if you look at the Siege of Coruscant, those standard loadouts, the three arcs at four points are absolutely crazy good. But the majority of the stuff on the Separatist side has been an absolute damn squib, apart mm. from that Tri-Fighter. You know, a lot of it just hasn't flown at all because they've got that they've put the um, they've put the Republic ones on the the steep bit of the curve and kind of left the the Separatists a little bit off. And you can't really tweak the standard loadouts because if you just drop their cost, they're suddenly an absurdly powerful piece for the cost that you've pitched them at. You know, if you say, oh, sorry, we got these wrong. All of these four pointers should be three. All of a sudden you've got ships that they designed with in mind that they'd be a four point ship coming in at three points. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, right. Okay. So how do we deal with a swarm of six of these Um, or six ships at this power level? it's a bit, it's a bit weird. Um, there were a couple of other casualties um, of the points. Uh, so Zori Bliss, which Tim mentioned a little bit earlier, um, has lost two points of loadout, so now has to make a decision um, whether to take an R4 Astromech to make the the, the dial blue or. Take a dorsal turret so that you're not just on a fixed front arc. Can still take wartime loadout. Can still take proton torpedoes. Um, Has a bunch of choices um, that they can make. But um, yeah, a couple of points of loadout. Um, Lulo has been... I don't understand why Lulo has been hit with a loadout drop. Um, From, I think, 11 to 10, or it might be 12 to 10. But Lulo has had a loadout hit. So, was previously able to take a shield upgrade Predator and marksmanship, I think it was. So it must have been, like, 14 or something, or... Anyway, it's now, like,
2: Ludo, yeah, think it like... Yeah, Ludo had 12 points to load up.
0: Yeah, and it's now 10. And he hasn't been everywhere. He's started to do reasonably well towards the back end of the season, but it makes no
2: sense. Um, it's a shame, like, like yeah, because compared to some of the T-70s, Lulo was not better than T-70s. Decent piece, but for that to be sort of singled out as the piece that's been affected seems a bit strange, because there were yeah. certainly lists that were Zorian and four T-70s that didn't take Lulo at all. Um,
0: yeah. I mean... where where they've targeted, and they really have targeted a very small number of nerfs, and it is only loadout nerfs, it it appears weird. Because the other one in resistance that's caught the backswing is Jess Parva, has had her loadout reduced from, I think, eight to six, which doesn't massively affect her as a piece. Um, Seven seven to six. Seven to six, yeah. So usually people were taking R2-D2 um, or M9G8, which are both less than 6. So it's like saying, well, now I can't take electronic baffle. Or, you know, and there were a few builds that were doing the rounds that were, you know, just on 7 as a, that were really nice. But like, you're either putting M9G8 on her so that, you know, she's giving rerolls to somebody else because she doesn't need a droid, or you're giving her R2-D2 so she's an absolute tank. She can still do that. So it doesn't really affect her as a piece. So, it's just in- a bit random because she's not been a huge success in the meta. It just seems odd.
2: No, no, right? I, absolutely. I think I think like Jess and Lulo were not the um MPE parts of that list. Like they, they were both fine. Like I didn't mind Lulo. Yes, Lulo's a pain, because obviously he just rotates the turret, boosts pass, you know, rolls extra red dice and stuff, but you know, you can play around Lulo, you can play around Jess um zori was a bit of a pain getting that double modded plasma off um i was just thinking what what's is there any what's the what's the great resistant resist tank say what is their thinking over the uh the drops i mean i was thinking the other day like would war wartime loadout can you drop that
0: you can't drop it because then you don't have the torp slot so you could okay you could, but you would be locked into I think missiles, um, and if you might not even be able to take missiles. No, no, I, I, think,
2: I, I think I think the plasma torp is good. Like I was thinking about it when we were driving down to Borden brum, chatting to David um, whilst we were driving, and like part of me thinks that Zori is just a two shot plasma torp, and once you've done that, then she's just essentially just. Going to go off and claim objectives and do other bits. And yeah. the way I play against five ship resistance is is probably try and focus down the T 70s. So part of me was thinking, like, I don't need her to be as survivable if I could drop wartime loadout. But I mean, I guess Dorsal Turret and the R4 both have like utility options. for her.
0: Yeah. And the other thing with um, Zori. To, to remember is that she can reload those torps. Usually she dies before she gets a chance to fire this fire both of them. Um mm-hmm. if people are deciding to focus on her. Um, or she's in the scrum or whatever. But you know they can this she can disappear out, do a reload and then K turn and then slam back in again. Um, that's something that it is possible to do but usually you don't get enough time with the ship on the yeah, tail yeah. well, like well, you know, six turns, five, six, seven turns. You're not really gonna get the opportunity to do that. Well that's it. Or by the time you, you come back in, everyone's you, got shields yeah. left anyway. Because <laughs> you're
2: probably you're probably firing torps on turn two and turn three and then yeah, like you say, turn around on turn four. Or or reload and then turn around on I suppose reload on four, turn around on five, yeah. Yeah, it's it's getting a bit tricky at that point, isn't it? But I mean, I th- I think it's interesting and, and we'll get on to Padme in a bit as well, so I've got some thoughts on that one.
0: Yeah, I mean she's got yeah, she gets no munitions at all unless you put war time on her. So it's yeah, I just went and checked. No, okay. so anyway,
2: yeah, you so you have to take war time then.
0: Yeah. So that's resistance. There were no changes to first order. I just skipped past them um before. Um but yeah, there's no changes at all there. Um then in Republic, we talked last week, just like, you know, if there was one ship that you could change that you think, you know, you would hit and like we almost as a as a group said, it's it's oddball oddball arc at four is the problem. He should be five. Um, that would at least make you make decisions. Uh, AMG disagreed with us, and they saw Padme Amidala's ability to take proton torpedoes and passive sensors as the problem. They have dropped her loadout to sixteen.
2: Now, I'm going to come in and wager as the. Uh... Resident Republic fanboy, and this is this is crazy. Like I just, I think the only reason Padme has got a nerf here, a points adjustment, is because she is the only non-standard loadout within the meta build. So you know you take Siege Across and Anakin, and then the th- the three Siege of Corus and arcs. The Padme is the only one that actually has a loadout. Um, so the standard build is Passives, Proton, probably Marksmanship or whatever. So yeah. now you just take Passives and Plasma. But poor old Muggins here, who's been taking Passives, Plasma and R2-D2, now has his Padme nerf. So thank you very much, R2-D2. <laughs> well, not R2-D2. I mean... So but Thank you very much, AMG. So, um, so I have had... Um, uh, in Alda, um, messaged me and we were sort of chatting about you know the Padme nerf and I I feel like for ninety nine percent of the people flying Padme, it doesn't affect your list at all because yeah. you ju- you just swap to plasma torps and like if you're taking passive, you're quite happy. Whereas for me, I think R two D two is game changing. Like R two D two has saved Padme so many times in my games. That I would actually probably dropped passive because mm-hmm. there's no point taking passive without a torpedo.
0: Yeah, so I mean Padme still has quite a good loadout at sixteen. It's just not enough to take torps plus, um, and
2: no, it is. But that's the thing. It's it's still enough to take plasma and passive.
0: Yeah, sorry, no, I, I was I meant protons when yeah, I said torps. Which,
2: which I think, and that's fine because the list is initiative five oddball. Initiative four, uh, well, sorry, initiative six, Anakin, but then four Wolf, four Padme, three Jag. So you uh-huh. can shoot Padme before Wolf and strip the shields. Uh-huh. So I think it's, I think they probably had to be seen to be nerfing that meta build. But yeah, absolutely the wrong piece has taken.
0: I mean, ahead. it's a bit weird because this list, the specific three arcs, Anakin Padme list did well for about a month, about six months ago, and then it disappeared and was replaced by actually what happens if we get rid of those two expensive non clone pieces at eight points and replace them with eight points worth of clones in twos and threes. Yes and, um,
2: yes and no, like you are still seeing, if you look at Elvira and stuff, you are still seeing Padme and Anakin featuring and, or you know, there, there and thereabouts. And, but I, I get what you're saying, like, yeah, it just seems a very strange points adjustment. And I think the only reason it's there is perhaps they felt that they had to make an adjustment to that list. And yeah. the only thing they wanted to do was loadout. Therefore, the only piece that had loadout was Padme.
0: I mean, tinfoil hat time, like, so bear in mind that this is pure tinfoil hat territory. By the way, no changes to separatists. Um, So tinfoil hat territory on this is somebody who is still talking to AMG, and we don't know who um, the people are that AMG are actually talking to in, in the player base, have basically said, if you don't nerf these four lists, then... 50% 50% of your worlds will be these four lists, and probably 80% of your cut will be these four lists. So they've they've nerfed bombers, they've nerfed resistance, five ship, they've nerfed Han, Bodica Fenn. They've basically nerfed the rebel build pieces that go in around Han, essentially. Um, and then they've nerfed, and I think you're right, they've nerfed the one piece that they can nerf without touching the standard loadouts because they want standard loadouts to be good. Um, because it's it's the new thing that they've brought in, um. So
2: but this is it. Oddboy is still good at five points.
0: Yeah, he is, but they don't they don't want to change the things that they've put in. They're happy to change the things that we're in already and make them more expensive or change them. But you know, and but they've not nerfed anything in Separatists because they. Haven't been at the top of the meta. They've not nerfed anything in scum because they've not been at the top of the meta. First order, I'm surprised that they haven't had a tweak. I will be honest because they have had kind of top end success in the hands of very skilled players. Um, Yeah. But, Uh, you know.
2: I, I think it is tough. Like, I think if you're looking at pure tournament data and you're looking at weight as opposed to those. Individuals that are doing well, then you know the right kind of lists are probably being targeted. Uh, I think you know, and it has been said elsewhere that it's really disappointing not to see a boost to some things, and especially to scum to separatists. Like, you don't have to, like, every and a points update doesn't have to be a nerf, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, because it was great seeing Ash flying scum at the weekend. and you know, Liam's doing well with Separatists, uh Marcus said Separatists and you know, it's great to see the other factions out there. Like I I, I joked it's that whole um oh I forget the, the comedy duo where they're like, Are we the bad guys now? Where Yeah, yeah. Mitchell and yeah, Mitchell and yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where where I've been running Republic for like two years and now I turn up and like yeah, two out of four of my games are Republic and it's just like you know, I'm going to play some more Republic now, and I'm just like oh, a bit bored because Republic are obviously a, a, a good choice, and I was kind of hoping to play other factions, you know, and and it would be nice to see uh, boosts as well as nerfs being you know issued in points updates, especially when we, we've gone so long since a points update as well.
0: I mean, part of me does this. so. Um, two things. Um, timing of this. Um, and, and we should we should touch on this a little bit. It, it's all been a bit jumbled in terms of communications from AMG, but the timing of this is that it landed um, exactly uh, one day after the competitive season ended, or two days after the competitive season ended. So it landed on like the second the points change and the competitive season ended at the end of January. Um, so this was clearly prepared as uh, pre-Worlds were going to do some changes so that there is it's not a set meta for worlds. Um, The other thing is that um, Paul Heaver spoke these points into existence because on the AMG server at one point, he said it would be great if you could give us points for this. And literally one minute later, the tweet came out. So it was like, right. Okay. You're either Nostradamus lucky or um, people actually listen to you. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, it was one of those um, kind of bizarre things, but like the other thing to say about these points is I, I don't believe that we're not going to see another change of points post Worlds. I think that we might see a more thorough overhaul to bring some of the other factions into line with the factions that have had new content. I think this is an emergency points tweak in advance of Worlds so that they get variety in lists. Um, It might mean that they've actually polarized the lists even more because even the biggest kind of first order advocates that we've seen have just looked at what you can do with high initiative aces in empire now and said why would i fly that four ship fun police first order list when i can fly vader Gendon, suntier and a black squadron ace um and just murder people have the ultimate you know three ship i6 ace squad zooming about the board um while a little i3 tie fighter sits at the back, towing a bit of cargo, going, I'm getting my points, guys! You know, it's... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to see. And and it genuinely confused me. And to be honest, the Rebel stuff is interesting and exciting and and brilliant too. I feel kind of bad for the other five factions who just haven't had anything. You know, like, thinking back how long it's been since factions have had significant releases, some of them you're in a couple of years. Um... Since they've had anything new other than Hot Shots and Aces too, um,
2: but I think those card packs are good because that does provide a cheaper, and I mean cheaper for AMG, way of you know producing new content. And yeah, I mean I I, I don't I don't know, but it's it is very frustrating to see. Yeah, like you say, like Scum and Septus have been probably faction six and seven for... A good year or so
0: yeah yeah right um i think we've actually just run out of stuff to talk about um and or points liam's thing we're going to talk about rebels next week because we've been gone for a while and i do have my nexus ticker league game currently being very very politely waiting for me to finish recording so that i can jump over and play him um so um yeah, um, I'm trying to think if I've got anything to talk about. Says take her open? Uh, no, not at the minute, um, because the thing that we were worried about, which was that we were going to be asking people to proxy um, off unofficial spoilers, have now been solved by official spoilers happening, so everybody knows what all of the abilities do now anyway. So um, I had Sean over the other night on Saturday, and we went through... All of the prize support that we've got for the bounty table, all of the prize support that we've got for day two, um, all of the prize support that we've got for the main event. And and I am not exaggerating when I say we've got too much prize support. Genuinely, we've got too much stuff that we can give it got, out sensibly.
2: Onyx Squadron.
0: Yeah, yeah, we've got... So, like, we've got a bunch of cards that have been gifted to us by Onyx Squadron, so we had... um, Oh, is it Robert? Yes. On from Onyx Squadron a few months ago, talking about the alt art cards that they do in the booster packs. They've gifted us, like, enough to give each player at the STO one booster pack. Um, So, as well as all of the stuff that we'd, like, planned for participation, there's also going to be... a collectible card game going off in the background at the SDO. Um, but we've also got like the worlds box that we that we got from um from AMG last year that we've been sitting on for a year, which we were gonna use as like, you know, top le- top end price support, but now everybody's got it. So we're doing that on day two and we're gonna do some spot prizes with it. And genuinely we were trying to figure out how we can allocate this price support out as fairly as possible. Um, and it's, honestly, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be rolling the whole way down through I the just, tournament.
2: I was just thinking I might have to create a new events page and call it, like, I don't know, Tim's Swap Shop or something <laughs> so that people can take pictures of their it Squadron booster packs and, uh, you know, advertise swaps and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I'm going to sell my pack for 20 quid unopened because What's it that? could contain a, a series 1 Charizard.
2: <laughs> so I, I didn't see any uh any uh, the clones. So I got I got a pack at the weekend or three packs at the weekend um from Liam's event. Um, but I didn't get any of the clones I'm currently running, but I have seen boosts and clicks of the wild, so um I have some shiny shiny cards that people want to trade. But no, thank you very much Onyx squadron. Uh they're currently sat in the boot of my car, so hopefully they'll be safe.
0: <laughs> if you want to give them to me tomorrow night at club, I'll put them on the giant pile. My wife did comment on the fact that she's barely able to open my daughter's wardrobe, which is in my office, because the pile of shoeboxes full of bits of acrylic and cardboard um, is now starting to overflow. So, um, yeah, I'm glad the event's in a couple of weeks because I can actually get some space back. would be nice. Um, Right, on that note, thank you very much. I've enjoyed this one. Um, So, uh, Tim, thanks for joining. Have you got any shout-outs, either of you?
2: Yeah, I'll just obviously thank Liam for running the event at the weekend. Uh, It was nice to see everybody down there. And obviously thanks to Marcus for bringing along his his children. (laughs) Students, I think, is probably a better word. Uh, But, yeah, it was great to see them down there, their enthusiasm for the game, and... You know they, uh, one of them even came up to me and said, are, are you Tim? I'm like, Yeah, and apparently, I think they must listen to the podcast and they've been watching streams and stuff like that. So, um, so you know, it was really, really good to see such a, um, you know, young, enthusiastic group for the game.
0: Awesome. Well, we'll say hello to them then. Hello, lads,
2: and, and a shout out. So, they, they, they well, they were. Stag Squadron. I'm not quite sure uh, what the school is, uh, but obviously, I'll do in Liam's absence. I'll say a shout out to Borden Brum for hosting. <laughs> it is a nice shop. It is a really nice I, little shop. Uh, this is it. Like, you know, it's an hour and a half drive down from Manchester, but it's motorway mo- most of the way. And yeah, very easy. The tables are a good height, which was very nice uh, from my, my back uh, after a busy week at work. But um, no, yeah, really, really nice days gaming and. Went for some food and uh, a drink afterwards with Liam and Toby and Dave. So,
0: yeah, um, I've got a um... yeah. The, I know the thing about. Oh no, it's gone out of my brain now. I've just got distracted by a pic... <laughs> got distracted by a picture of Connor's baby while I was thinking about something.
2: And, um... and actually, final shout out. I will say uh, thanks to Neils, uh, James, Matt, and Liam, the games because they were all real good. Uh challenges, real good puzzles to play. Yeah.
0: I was just gonna say I nearly got to come, but then um some family stuff turned up at the last minute. Like I was at half seven in the morning, I was thinking, I can just go now. There's nothing on today. And then I broached it and my wife went, No, we're going to my sisters. And I was like, ah, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Tilly broke her arm, you see, so we no longer have morning trampolining. So I was like, Oh, maybe I can just slope off for today. <laughs> no, no
1: chance. Um, t- uh, ben, have you got any shout outs? You, you wouldn't actually believe this, but I used to be in a trampoline club and uh, I used to do trampoline competitions. Were you the trampoline? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I, they wanted me to properly train, but um, I got to the point where I was uh, shy and didn't want to wear them. There was unit- um, yeah. like Demantes on, because I felt uh, a bit uncomfortable. But-
0: there's um There there are adult trampolining lessons nowadays. The trampoline clubs do take people who used to do trampolining and would like to get back into it. So I mean,
1: I could still do all the backflips and stuff, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, but it's a bit scarier these days on a smaller trampoline. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just going to shout out uh, Martin, who managed to get down to club night last Tuesday. Yeah,
0: it's nice to see him. I saw him absolutely off a of viaduct.
1: I uh, absolutely pounded him.
0: Yeah, I saw a video of him abseiling off a viaduct, and it was like the opposite of watching those cool army men abseiling (laughs) down things. It was like he wasn't connected to it in any way, and he just had to inch his way down really slowly. I was like, come (laughs) on.
1: Just jump, you'd be
0: fine.
1: (laughs) You can only die once, it's no problem.
0: (laughs) (laughs) you would be all right. All right, well, thank you very much for joining me, both of you. Um, Let's do the goodbyes. It's going to be goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. And goodbye from Ben. Bye and goodbye from me. Good night.
1: Ricky poo. Ricky poo. on a roll with all the drugs I know. I know you wanna hit that. I know you wanna hit that, hit that. All the is getting with that say. Consequences are a lot for hate. That's the way